0: It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. I am so excited to have back somebody who has such a wonderful voice, um, encouraging, inspiring, helpful, and in this time of a year that's been ripped apart by COVID and by unrest and by divides in so many different parts of our communities on so many different topics, I'm excited to welcome back New York Times bestselling author, pastor, Max Lucado, who does a little bit of everything. I feel like we could do, we could just do two minutes introducing everything that you do these days. And I got to say, it's great to have you back on Living the Brave. I've so enjoyed during this time, the daily video check-ins that you're doing, um, messages of inspiration, some longer, some shorter. Um, Thank you for doing those and tell us about kicking those off during this pandemic.
1: Well, thank you, Shannon. It's such a treat to talk to you. It really is. I hold you in such high esteem and am, am so very grateful for these moments, uh, to get caught up. Yeah. This year has been so wacko. You know, I, um, uh, I, I was working on a message just yesterday and I, I'm pretty proud of my title. I think I'm going to call it whipsawed by 2020. It just, every time we turn around, there's a new disaster. The, uh, that one of the articles I read today said that we're suffering from disaster fatigue. I'd never heard that phrase. I think it works though. Uh, You know, we've got the pandemic and then we had the economic concerns, joblessness, then the racial tension, then the natural disasters. uh, I read that the hurricane center is using uh, Greek letters now because they've exhausted, you know, the ABCs and then the fires on the West Coast and now we're all bracing for impact. Uh, for what's coming up. And nobody knows better than you, the challenge surrounding the uh, Supreme court issues. So, Oh boy, it's enough to cause a person to take a deep breath. I think what struck me the most though, Shannon calls to mental health hotlines are up 891%.
0: 891%. It's stunning,
1: isn't it? And you think behind everything that's behind that statistic, it's, it's a, It's a nation full of people who are just uh, trying to keep their balance, trying to keep their balance, Uh, trying to deal with the onslaught of, uh, you know, COVID and masks and social distancing and the controversies and the arguments. Uh, So it's a tough time. It's a tough time. Uh, I think I really think God's trying to get our attention. I do. I believe that down deep in my heart. And so when this began last March, I really felt prompted to to start capturing these online messages. Like you say, I do them almost every day, not quite, but maybe four or five times a week. Uh, And these messages just designed to encourage people. I steer away from any kind of controversy, but I just want to speak to that person who's finding it very hard to put one foot in front of the other. And they need a reminder that God loves them and God cares for them and that all this is going to work out somehow in some way. And so that's, uh, that's, that's my contribution Mm -hmm. to the pandemonium.
0: Well, and you have such a gift of encouragement and, just a soothing way of reminding us, like you said, somebody else is in charge and he cares about us. He cares what's happening to us. Your brand new book is You Are Never Alone, Trust in the Miracle of God's Presence and Power. And I know the book was in process before the pandemic and the unrest and the riots um, and all the difficult conversations that we're having over racial reconciliation, and um, police reform, and so many important things that we're talking about, but that are weighing on us. Um, And so it feels like the book really um, was in process for uh, timing that was beyond even what you knew when you're writing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been interested in the theme of loneliness for quite some time. Uh, it it uh, seemed to be an epidemic before there was a pandemic. Uh, millennials, uh, one out of every four millennials says they don't have a close friend. I think that's so tragic. Mm-hmm. That's the season of life that we should be, uh, you know, building our lifelong friendships. And so the idea of loneliness has has been on my heart for some time. So I I started working on this book. In fact, I had the first. Uh, first two or three drafts well completed before the lockdown. But I did have the opportunity to work on the final draft uh, in mid-April. And so lockdown was already in place at that point. And I did realize, boy, what a timely message. What a timely message for the many people who are dealing with loneliness. I, I think loneliness is that sense that it's all up to me and I ain't much. I stole that phrase from a lady I visited, with whom I visited in a hospital while her son was uh, recovering from a car accident, and he was also battling opioid addictions, wow. and her husband was AWOL, and she'd been up there for 24 hours straight. She just looked exhausted, bless her heart, wearing the same clothes she had slept in, I think, and after describing everything she was going through, she said, you know, it's just me, and I ain't much. And I think that's a feeling, that's the, that's the phrase that, that I'm trying to address in those seasons of life uh, in which we feel like, uh, you know, we've got too many challenges and not enough strength, too many mountains and not enough capacity. And, and in those hours, we are prone to feel like we're all alone. And if I could just convince one person, just one person, no, you're not alone there is a living, there is a loving God. I don't know everything he's up to, but I've got to tell you, he's made a promise that he had never abandoned us. And I'm really hoping that people will lean into that promise if they're feeling that loneliness.
0: Yeah. So in this book, you are never alone. You walk through the book of John and a number of miracles, and you say they're good illustrations for some of the specific fears and concerns and loneliness and the things that Uh, we're going through. um, And one of those things is you say that, you know, he hears our prayers, even when we don't think he does. I mean, sometimes you talk about how there's a a waiting period between us offering up our prayers and then seeing what answer we are going to get. And sometimes that waiting feels like silence and loneliness. And that's that's a tough place.
1: It's a very tough place, and every single one of us, to one degree or another, are on that road, that path between offered prayer and answered prayer. Uh, I selected the miracles of the Gospel of John because they are so, so day-to-day, so realistic, like this one that we're discussing. Now, there's a father whose son is dying. He makes the 18-mile walk from his town to the town where Jesus is. He appeals to Jesus to come home with him and heal his son. And Jesus's answer is, you go home, your son will live. Now, I don't know if the man stood up on a dime and turned on a dime and walked home whistling, very confident that there would be healing. I, I think I would have asked Jesus, won't you please come with me? Because that was his request. He wanted Jesus to come with him. But Jesus said, no, you go home, your son will live. And so he had to make a decision: Am I going to tr- take Christ at His word, and and do what Jesus said, uh, or not? And and the Scripture, John's Gospel says, uh, he he took Jesus at His word and went home. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, but we're all right there, I think, Shannon. And in, in some, every single person is somewhere between that offered prayer, <laughs> and that answered prayer, and and that walk, that walk home is a long walk. For that man, it was 18 miles. For us, it might be 18 months. It might be days and days of chemo or, or therapy. It's a long walk. Uh, and so this is a beautiful miracle because it encourages us to take Jesus at his word and begin walking in the direction of an answered prayer. I, I just encourage people, find a promise and hang on to it. You know, there's, there's thousands of promises in the Bible. Find one that fits your problem and just hang on to it. Hang on to it. The Lord is near is one of those promises. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you is another promise. I'm with you always to the very end of the age is another promise. So just find a promise that fits your fears or your problems right now and see if you can't just hang on to it and, and do what the man did. And that is take Jesus at his word and keep walking.
0: You know, I've been thinking so much about people like yourself who are pastors, spiritual leaders, people who are in ministry, Um, and we were talking with a friend of ours who is a pastor at a church here in the greater D.C. area, and there's so many burdens on um, pastors and people in ministry right now because you have people that are going through financial crises, health crises, um, all kinds of struggles, and then You know, being caught in really difficult conversations, too, about race issues. And, you know, I've heard such a call for there to be unity in the church over these very difficult things. But I keep thinking about pastors like yourself who are trying to lead people through these tough times. It's a lot of extra pressure on you to manage as well as you try to encourage and guide your flock and keep them together and unify them and what's important and lead them through difficult topics and issues and conversations. What is the burden like on people who are in ministry right now this year? Yeah. People need you a
1: lot. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a noisy time. It's a noisy time. And and people mm-hmm. uh, are, are are beat up and they're worn out. And responding to this is, is not easy, but it's also exhilarating. It's exhilarating because there is a hunger. I, uh, there's a hunger for God. I see it in people's eyes. Uh, I hear it in people's questions. I read it in people's emails and posts. Uh, I think people are, are Aware that uh, technology is wonderful, but it can't save us. Uh, the government is wonderful, but it can't save us. Research, phenomenal. Every day we're praying for a vaccine, but you know it's it's not easy. And so uh, maybe we have been leaning too much into these solutions that are that are earthbound. And and I think what's happening, Shannon, at least I pray this what's happening, is that people's hearts are softening. They're softening toward God. You know, we're we're meeting at our building again, but we've got more people watching our sermons online than we've ever had in the past. I have a friend who pastors in England. He said that more people are are logging on to watch lessons and church services online than than in the history that 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 we've had internet availability mm-hmm. and so maybe some good things are happening also you know i think we're connecting more i'm reach i'm spending a lot of conversations or a lot of sorry friday lunches we're having conversations with black pastors here in san antonio and we're learning a lot i'm learning a lot i'm learning that i had been maybe too dismissive of the deeply rooted racism that uh, that still exists. And so it's been a chance for us to try to work together as pastors. Uh, how, how can we help our city? So there are uh, while there are many challenges, there are some great opportunities that have come out of this.
0: We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment.
1: Fox News Radio On Demand on
0: the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. For so many people, as you said, whipsawed is a great word that you used about this because just as you feel like you're able to manage one major crisis, another unexpected one comes along. As you said, we've had you know, terrible weather and fires and hurricanes and You know, there have been earthquakes around the world and just flooding and things that you think, well, there can't be another thing. I did read a thing today about super pigs that apparently (laughs) it is a strain of pigs that can begin reproducing at three months old they grow to 400 pounds and destroy everything in their paths. And I thought, well, that sounds very 2020, this little (laughs) super pink thing. I don't know where they are, but, you know, I mean, it really, um, in all seriousness, we find ourselves in one swirl and one storm to another. And you think maybe you're going to, you know, see the end of that storm and there's another one on the horizon. And I just keep thinking back in your your book um, and talking about you're never alone makes such a good point that you know, we're never guaranteed that we're gonna to get to skip the storms or that they're gonna wrap up or that we're gonna move through them quickly. We do often have to move through them, but we aren't alone in the storm and that is incredibly reassuring.
1: That's essential, you know, it's essential. And at some point in our lives, uh, we we begin to uh, sense, we begin to sense we're never going to be storm free faith says Christ will meet us in those storms. Shannon, in the book, I tell a a real personal story. If you don't mind, I'd like to share it again. Uh, And it's not anything that I necessarily kept secret all my life. I just didn't see the need in sharing it until this season came along. Uh, But the stormiest time of my life, uh, I was only 12 years old. Uh, I played baseball. I had my first bottle of cologne, my first crush on a girl, uh but i was unprepared for what came my way that year and that is sexual molestation at the hands of a of an adult male there were there were a group of 4 or 5 of us that ran around together we were big buddies and uh he befriended us uh he didn't have a son uh and he befriended us and even talked to our dads under the guise of being a, a mentor that he wanted to You know, he didn't have a son, so he wanted to take us to ball games and take us to uh, sporting events, uh, teach us to play catch, and things like that. He turns out he was a predator. He had an eye out for young boys. And and the nightmare weekend came about when we were all 12, 13 years of age. He took us on a camping trip. As he unpacked uh, the pickup truck, uh, he pulled out the tents and the sleeping bags. He also pulled out a big box that was full of whiskey, uh, bottles of whiskey, uh, he drank his way through those bottles and worked his way through the sleeping bag of every boy that weekend. It was nightmarish. It was nightmarish. It was nightmarish. Uh, of course, this is 1967, right? We don't have cell phones in those days. There's no way for us to call for help. And he lied to us. He, he told us, don't tell anybody or nobody will believe you. If they believe you, they'll blame you. And so I didn't tell anybody. Nobody, none of us did. Uh, he did dump us off at our homes. Uh, one by one, and I remember going into the house Sunday evening after that long weekend, just feeling so brutalized, so so invaded, and I felt so dirty. But I did I didn't tell my parents. In fact, I never did. Never did. I did I did recall I I did have a good visit with my father. He said that that day at church they had had a special communion service. Well, boy, I wish I'd have been at a communion service instead of on that camping trip. After my parents went to bed, I did something that, looking back, I'm not sure why or how I knew to do it. But I went in after I'd taken a shower, had my pajamas on. My parents were in bed. It's probably 10:30 or 11 at night. I went in the kitchen and I created my own Eucharist. I created my own communion service. I couldn't find any wine or or, or bread, uh, but I found potatoes and milk. And I I put the potatoes on a plate and the milk in a glass. And I stood there at the counter, and I, best I could, uh, invited Christ to meet me there in communion, and He did. He did, Shannon. He met me there, and to this day I believe I can sense. I sensed His presence there in the kitchen. It's was, it was supernatural. It's mysterious. It's miraculous. But He healed me. He healed me. I realized uh, years later, as I was in the ministry and meeting with people who had gone through similar. Events that I didn't have the wounds that they had. He healed me. It was a wonderful blessing. He healed me. And it is out of that moment that I speak with such confidence when I talk to people. Christ meets us in the storm. He meets us right in the middle of it. You're never alone. You really aren't. Now, there are many times that I've gone through storms and I've not sensed the presence of Christ like I did as a 12-year-old in my kitchen. But I've never doubted it. It's not that we feel his presence, but whether we trust his presence, we trust his presence. You know, I've been married for nearly 40 years. I don't always feel married, (laughs) but I trust (laughs) the covenant that my wife and I made in Miami, Florida, way back in 1981 because you don't have to feel married to be married and you don't have to feel the presence of God. Now, many times he gives us this presence. He does. He does. And may he give you, and may he give everybody listening a special dose of his presence during this terrible, terrible season. But if he doesn't, then you just stand strong on the promises of God. He'll meet you in the middle of your storm. And you're, you, you, when you think you're alone, you're really not, you're really not. And it's,
0: so powerful and so impactful that you share such a personal story because so many people have those stories and they do feel a lifetime of shame and loneliness over that. Um, and as a pastor, I know, as you said, you've counseled probably so many people through the pain that comes from that years and years and years later. And as you said with that is so many things when you feel your darkest, um, most difficult moments that there is healing available. There's hope on the other side. There are other people who have walked through those terrible dark valleys and um, can lend you a hand and help bring you along. Um, as there is, you know, healing and peace that can come through Christ, working through our, all of our worst circumstances and, and helping us through them. And that's what this whole book, you are never alone. Trust in the miracle of God's presence and power is all about. It is full of encouragement and exactly what people need probably at this very moment. As we've talked about, Max, something you're so gifted at, and I thank you that you share it um, with the world through your books, through your sermons, and for folks who have dialed into your online, often daily, you know, video messages as well. It's been such uh, a good, comforting thing for me, and I know it has been to probably thousands, if not millions, of other people around the globe, so your book comes at such a great time, and I pray it will get into all the right hands and all the people who need it most. So thank you for once again sharing your gifts and just being kind of a, a messenger to folks who maybe are searching in these really tough times. Um, they will find a lot of encouragement in this book. Thank you so much.
1: All the very best, Janet. God bless you. May he give you strength. In these, in these challenging times in which you live. I'll be thinking about you. And every time I see you on the screen, I'm going to offer a prayer for your strength and stability.
0: I cannot thank you enough. Pastor Max Lucado on this week's Live in the Free. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. All the best.